Chapter Seven of Little Lucy's Wonderful Globe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Little Lucy's Wonderful Globe by Charlotte M. Young. Chapter Seven. Laplanders. It shall not be a hot country next time," said Lucy. Though after all. The whale oil was not much worse than the castor oil. Mother Bunch, did your whaler always go to Greenland and never to any nicer place? Well, Missy, once we were driven between foul winds and icebergs up into the fjord near North Cape, right at midsummer, and I'll never forget what we saw there. Lucy was not likely to forget either, for she found herself standing by a narrow inlet of sea, as blue and smooth as a lake. And closely shut in, except on the west, with red rocky hills and precipices with pine trees growing on them, except where the bare rock was too steep, or where on somewhat smoother shelf stood a timbered house with the farmyard and barns all around it. But the odd thing was that the sun was where she had never seen him before, quite in the north, making all the shadows come the wrong way. But how came the sun to be visible at all so very late? Ah, she knew it now. This was Norway, and there was no night at all. And here beside her was a little fellow with a bow and arrows, such as she had never seen before, except in the hands of the little cupids in the pictures in the drawing room. Mother Bunch had said that the little brown boys in India looked like the bronze cupid who was on the mantel shelf, but this little boy was white. Or rather sallow-faced and well-dressed too, in a tight round leather cap and a dark blue kind of shaggy gown with hairy legs, and what he was shooting at was some kind of wild duck or goose that came tumbling down heavily with the arrow right across its neck. There said the boy, "I'll take that and sell it to the North Bonder's wife up in the house above there." Who are you then? Said Lucy. I'm a lap. We live on the hills where the Norseman has not driven us away, and the reindeer find their grass in summer and their moss in winter. Oh, have you got a reindeer? I should so like to see them and to drive in a sledge. The boy, whose name was Peter, laughed and said, "You can't go in a sledge except when it is winter, with snow and ice to go upon. But I'll soon show you a reindeer." Then he led the way. Past the deliciously smelling, whispering pine woods that sheltered the Norwegian homestead, starting a little aside when a great, tall, fair-faced, fair-haired Norse farmer came striding along, singing some old, old song as he carried a heavy log on his shoulder, past a cedar or mountain meadow where the girls were pasturing their cows, much like Lucy's friends in the Tyrol, out upon the grey moorland. Where there was an odd little cluster of tents covered with skins and droll little short stumpy people running about them, Peter gave a curious long cry, put his hand in his pocket and pulled out a lump of salt. Presently, a pair of long horns appeared, then another, then a whole herd of the deer with big heads and horns growing a good deal forward. The salt was held to them, and a rope was fastened to all their horns that they might stand still in a line, while the little lap women milked them. Peter went up to one of the women and brought back a little cupful for his visitor. 
It was all that the one deer gave, but it was so rich as to be almost like drinking cream. He led her into one of the tents, but it was very smoky, and not much cleaner than the Eskimo. It is a wonder how Lucy could go to sleep there, but she did, heartily wishing herself somewhere else. End of chapter 7